This is Mother's Day. And I, Mother's Day has always been, and Father's Day, has kind of always been a, not, not a struggle for me, but, but I, I just think it's, I felt pressure. And not at all from my wife, it's just from, you know, do you get the right gift, do you get the right card, you know, uh, I'll tell on myself. Uh, after we were first married and I was working in Boston in that law, big law firm, I remembered one day on a, on a Friday that, oh my goodness, Mother's Day is Sunday, I better go get a card for her. And I was, you know, it's not like I made a big deal out of it, I fit it into what I was doing. I'm just telling on myself. And, you know, I walked past a card shop on my way back from court, I better get it. So I went in, saw a card that says, Happy Mother's Day, quick one, nice pretty card, grabbed it, paid for it, got home, got ready to sign it Sunday morning, and I realized it said, Happy, Fa- Happy Mother's Day from your son. And it's Sunday morning. I'm caught. I mean, I can cross son out and write husband, but I'm caught. But what did it tell me? It told me my attitude about it. We're going to talk about attitude this morning. My attitude about it was kind of, well, this is really the creation of, of the florists. Because it's the time when men will buy candy and, and flowers when they normally wouldn't do this. And, and Father's Day is kind of like that. It's invented by the tie manufacturers. I got enough ties. <laughs> I appreciate the ties my kids have given me. But, but I began to realize as I was preparing for this, and it's not just new, God's been kind of dealing with me about this, that, it, that this is not just about getting the right card and checking something off, guys. Whew, I remembered it. You know, I did what I'm supposed to do and I, she's happy today. But it's about an attitude of our heart and it's so, so important. And I want to talk a little bit about this because this, this was not... Honoring mothers was not created by the florists. Honoring fathers was not created by the, flo- by the, by the tie manufacturers. This is God's idea. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I had, another, I had another Mother's Day sermon, a great Mother's Day sermon, already kind of put together in my mind about celebrating, you know, how, how the, wor- the world sees women one way, and the, but the God sees women as very special. And it was triggered by something that Andy Stanley said earlier in that series we've been watching, where he said, in, in the countries where God is exalted, women and children are, are, are lifted up and they're honored. In countries where God is not exalted, where God is not served, they are pushed down. The first people to be pushed down when, when God is, is removed from His place, proper place in a nation is the weak, the children and the women, not that women are weak. And, and, and the danger is that's what's happening to this nation now. And the first to be endangered will be the women and the children. It's already happening with the children. And I began to meditate on that. So that's what I was going to talk, that's what I really had in, in my mind to speak on. And then this verse kept coming to me. So I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. This is the Ten Commandments. And I've taught on this before. I need to probably teach on it again. And we're going to kind of look down through this. But I'm going to go quickly through it because I don't want to dwell on it. I just want to, I want to talk about, I want to talk about uh, some particular aspect of this, and some of you probably figured out what it is. Exodus 20, this is God speaking to Moses on the mountain, saying, here's my rules. They're simple, ten of them. The Lord God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a graved or carved image. Let's go down to verse um, Seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Verse 8, you shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Let's go to verse 13. You shall not murder. Verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. Verse 15, you shall not steal. Verse 16, you shall not lie, bear false witness. Verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. He said, you shall not have any other gods before me. You shall not make any idols. You shall, you shall uh, not take my name in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath, keep it holy. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. 
all of those we can understand as major commandments from God. But I left one out. Verse 12. And I left it out on purpose. Because I want us to see that this is just as much one of the Ten Commandments as the other nine, which we can understand why God would make these commandments. Honor me. Don't put anyone above me. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't steal your neighbor's wife. All of those are basic commandments we can understand. We ought to do, and God's commanded us to do it. But right in there, number five of the big ten, God's put this one, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Well, this is Mother's Day, so we're going to talk about honoring your mother, but this would speak just as equally to honoring your father. So today, here at least, this day is not about just fulfilling some obligation so that your wife feels like you remembered her today or your children, so that your children know, I did what my, I needed to do, I, sat, I did what I was supposed to do on Mother's Day. This is not about that at all. This is about fulfilling a commandment that God has given to us. And it's a commandment with a promise. If it's a commandment, it's not one day a year. And I really felt God impress this on me. This is not a typical Mother's Day message. It's a commandment message. (laughs) There's a reason why we are to honor our mothers today. But there's a reason why we're to honor them tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Because God has commanded it. And it's got a promise attached to it. Ephesians 6, verse 1. You can put it up there. Obey, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Stop there a second. I mean, think of what goes before this. You shall have no other gods before me. Think of it. You shall not make for yourself an idol that you worship. You shall not take the Lord's... There's no promise connected with those. I don't know why. Maybe God's thinking, you know... Not that God thinks. (laughs) In the sense you and I think of figuring things out. You know, nothing's ever dawned on God. God's never said, Oh, me... <laughs> he knows everything. But maybe it's because this particular commandment, because it doesn't seem to fit with those of the great weight and magnitude of the others, maybe God needed to put a, a, an incentive tied to it. So this has a promise attached to it. Verse 3, what is it? That, you, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. We're going to talk about that towards the end. So this is not just a commandment. Longer life is tied with this. That's what it says. So we see it in the Old Testament. Now we see it in the New Testament. One of the Bible principles is out of a mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. Here's two witnesses from the Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, that long life is associated with is a promise from God when we honor our parents. And somehow that just doesn't click with us. But it's a promise of God. And how much do you trust the promises of God? How much do we believe the promises of God. So this is important. This is just as important as the other big nine. It's one of the big ten. So let's talk for a minute about what is honor. If we're supposed to honor our mother today and every day, what is honor? Well, first of all, as I shared, fortunately I shared it when my wife was out of the room. (laughs) 
that first or second Mother's Day when I bought a card that says Happy Mother's Day from your son. Was that honoring? But I got a card. And I bought 50 cards since then. <laughs> but when I, it wasn't what I do. See, honoring is not what you do. We'll talk about that in a minute. Honor is an attitude of the heart. Now, we've just been listening to a series about honoring God. We've been listening to a series on the blessed life. But what we've learned in that series is, although the subject matter was tithing, it was not about the money, it's about the heart towards God. I believe that, I have gotten, again, I said this last week, more feedback from this series than anything else I've ever done or seen done since I've been here for almost 30 years. Why? Because it's dealing with an issue that's so sensitive to us, that's tied to our heart, it's impacting people's hearts towards God. And when your heart is opened or touched towards God, and God can move in a little more, that changes you. But there's a proverb. Proverb 3, verse 9 and 10. Let's put that up there. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. Stay there a second. So, this proverb is connecting tithing with honoring God. So this is saying that when we give to God the first fruits of what He's given to us, that's honoring Him. And this is what Pastor Morris emphasized so much in the beginning. This is not about money, it's about your heart towards God. And what we're seeing this morning is what that heart towards God does is it honors Him. It honors Him. So today we're shifting that honor from God to our mothers. And you could apply it, obviously, to your fathers. And if we went through scriptures, there are others, the Bible says, for we're to honor. We're supposed to honor those that teach you. We're supposed to honor those that are in authority over you. We're supposed to honor is a major thing to God. It's a major issue with God. Why? Because it's tied to the heart, the attitude to the heart. And what God wants more than anything, what the devil wants to interfere with more than anything, is our heart towards God and our heart towards one another. So honor is not something you do. It's an attitude of the heart, but it's expressed with what you do. Just as love is not an emotion, love is a decision of your will, but it's expressed. Love has to be expressed in order to be loved. For God so the world that He sat up there in heaven and said, Oh boy, do I love you people. No. For God so loved the world that He did what? He gave. Just think about that. Love has to give. Love has to give. In fact, there's an old expression we learned a long time ago. Love isn't love until it's given away. In fact, nothing you have is of any value to you until you give it away. Honor. Honor is an attitude of the heart. Let's read the next verse. I'll show you what it is. Proverbs 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So there's a promise connected with honoring God with our finances. And in fact, if you look at Malachi 3, you see it even gets more than that. Go to Matthew 15, verse 7. We're going to look at this. And here's a promise. I want to show you that about attitudes of the heart. Now, hypocrites, this is Jesus talking. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips. I surrender all. 
I surrender all. I wonder when this is going to get over because I've got food in the oven for dinner. I surrender all. I surrender all. Boy, that person singing next to me is off key. Oh, why don't they ever learn to sing? I surrender all. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. Verse 9. In vain do they worship me. We're going to talk about worship, but honor with your heart. Worship comes out of your heart towards God. So the attitudes of our heart, this is what we're looking at now. What is honor and why is it so important to God? Because it's an attitude of the heart. It's important to God because the heart is important to God. And there's a very important principle about that we'll learn in a couple of minutes. So they honored him. Israel honored him. And he's talking to the Pharisees there. Because they honored him outwardly more than anybody, more than any of us would ever think of it. But their hearts were far from him. And God was concerned about the heart. On the same token, you can be singing way off key. I'll tell you this story. I've told it before. I'll tell it on me today. When we were out in Oklahoma and going to Bible school, the church we were in had small groups. Like we have connect groups. They called them neighborhood Bible fellowships. But, and we were going to one in, nearby, and a good friend of ours was leading it. And we were starting out kind of like we did then, except somebody had a guitar, and we didn't have CDs and things like that. Had a guitar, and they were playing, and we're doing the, that kind of charismatic thing. And, you know, we're singing to the Lord, and this woman next to me, I mean... She was, she was so far off key, she couldn't begin to find it, but she was bellowing it out. And I'm, I got my hands up, I'm singing to the Lord, and my mind's thinking, oh God, that must sound terrible to you. Can you just help her, be quiet, Lord? And I heard God speak to me as clearly as I ever heard. Shut up. God will speak directly to you. Hypocrites? He said, he said, her singing sounds beautiful to me. I wanted to say, but I knew better. He said, because she's singing to me out of her heart. Now let me talk to you about what I hear coming from you. It stinks. Because although I was singing on key, what was in my heart was not a worshipful to Him. It was judging my sister. The heart. So what does this word honor mean? Back in Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments, when it says honor your father and mother, the word is the Hebrew word kabod. It would, in our, our alphabet, it would be K, K-A-B-O-D. And that word in its essence means heaviness or weightiness. Many times when it talks about the glory of God came down, it's the same word, kabod. It refers to the weightiness of God. And by weight, it's not how many pounds He weighs. It's the, it's the majesty it's the honor, it's the glory, it's the esteem. It's like if you know somebody in your community or somebody at work or somebody, that they're just, that there's a lot of, they carry with them a certain aura about them. Of, of, I remember when a few weeks ago we had Sadarshan Kamanapali here from India. Uh, he's from Bristol, but they're, 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 he's in India and he's from India. And I sat with his father one time when I was having breakfast with Sadarshan. And I, the man didn't say much but I was in the presence of a holy man. I was in the presence of a man, and it wasn't his achievements. You didn't even need to know him. You could feel something about him. And it just, it just drew from me respect and to honor him, just as I tried to talk with him and listen to him. So this word kabod means the weightiness, but it means to esteem, someone worthy of esteem, someone worthy of respect. It means um, 
someone that's honorable, somebody that's impressive, worthy of respect, worthy to be esteemed, esteemed, precious, valuable, so they have great weight with us. So why is this so important to God? Understand honoring God. And keep in mind, this is stuck in to the other nine commandments. And right at the end of all the first, five, first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. The other five or other six are about our relationship with one another. But right after the last commandment about our relationship with God, which is the Sabbath, which we can talk about at some point, there's this commandment to honor your parents, honor your mother, we'll talk about today. Why is that so important to God? Well, we've already said because it has to do with an attitude of our heart. But I want to zero in, why is that so important, the attitude of my heart towards my parents? And we'll talk about it in a few minutes. What if they're not worthy of it? Because some parents have not been worthy of it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, it's because it's an attitude of their heart. And as I've said before, our, our heart is all important to God. It's not a, we're not going to have it to put up there, but Proverbs says, guard your mind with all diligence. Because that, that's not what it says. Guard your, guard your what? Guard your what? Guard your heart with all diligence. That means there are things that are going to try to get into our heart that we need to be diligent to keep out. This is Mother's Day. My mother was a wonderful gardener. She was, I mean, she, she knew all the Latin names for things. And she could look at something and tell you exactly what was wrong with it, what its Latin name was. And this is a woman that, that went to high school. She didn't have any higher education. But she set herself to learn these things because she poured herself into whatever she did. And I love the fact that my mother was a, a, a horticulturist, except when I was a child living in the house. Because other things would grow in her gardens besides azaleas and whatever the other azaleas is. I never could learn the name. Poison ivy, I figured out. Weeds. And it was our assignment as her sons to go pull up weeds. I hated weeding gardens. The only thing I hated more was raking leaves. It was futile. Because we get these leaves up, and next Saturday, there are more leaves there. It's like cleaning out the dishwasher. Why do we do this? Because it's going to get dirty again. And when you're 12 years old, this is the only way you think, why do we need to get rid of these things? The flowers are there. Just overlook the weeds. Don't pay, just look, because they're not pretty. Just look at the beautiful colors your flowers are producing and ignore the weeds, but she wouldn't do that. She said, no, we've got to get them out. Ooh, this could preach. This could preach. Lord, help me. <laughs> she knew that if we didn't get the weeds out, the weeds were competing for the moisture and for the nutrients in that soil. And those weeds, if not removed, would cause those flowers to either not bloom or not have the fullness of the bloom. We come every Sunday. Hopefully, you pray and you open your Bible not just every Sunday, but every day. Whenever you open it, and whenever you put on a CD, or, or you watch some, the Word of God, or you, you pray, seeds are getting sown of life into your heart. That's where they're getting sown. But Satan, who invented weeds, also knows how to put weeds in the garden of your heart. And that's why Proverbs doesn't say, Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence, so make sure you know what's getting planted in your heart. Why? Because out of it, your heart, flow all the issues of life. 
of all your spiritual life, your worship, your prayers, your communion with God, all of it comes out of your heart and Satan wants to pervert our hearts and get at our attitudes. In Hebrews it says, be careful that you don't get offended lest a root of bitterness gets sown into your heart because if that root, bitterness is an attitude, if that root gets sown in your heart and is not removed, it will defile many others. There are many people that have left this church and aren't going anywhere because somebody sowed a seed in their heart of discontent. And when somebody's sowing that seed, other people who are open to that gather together and form their own connect group. <laughs> Do you hear this? Do you know what's going on? Do you know why they're really showing this Blessed Life series? They're trying to get our money. Do you know that? And all these issues, if we don't keep careful, because Satan is very sly about catching you when you're not looking with little thoughts. The little foxes spoil the vine. Little attitudes that are not lining up with the Word of God. So God's built into this Word we have ways to protect our heart. And one of them is to, by honor. Because if you're giving honor, you're not going to get a bad attitude. Because honor's not about you. Honor's about somebody else and giving to somebody else. And if you're going to honor them, that requires some humility. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that's okay. So why is it so important that it's about our parents? Again, to honor somebody requires humility. When you honor somebody, you're saying that they're worthy of giving something to them. It may not be money, it may be your respect. Because when you honor somebody, you give them things. It may be your respect, because respect is something you give. Or it may be praise, or it may be a gift. But when you honor somebody, you express it by giving something to them, even if it's words. In the Old Testament, you honored God by giving sacrifices, by bringing animals to be sacrificed. Now, since, since it's in, this, is, this is very important, listen carefully. Because the issue now is, okay, I understand why we're to honor God. But why do I need to honor my parents? Why do I need to honor my mother? And in a minute we'll talk about, what if she's not worthy of honor? How do I do that? Why is honor, honoring my parents so important to God? I understand honoring God. Here's why. Because I'll make this statement... And then I'll explain it. Honor is not selective. Back in the wars, they've had something called a selective service. Selective means I want you, but I don't need you. Selective means out of a group, I pick you. So a selective honor means I can honor God, but I don't have to honor my parents. But I can honor God, but I don't have to honor my parents. That's impossible. Because honor's an act. If honor were just something you did, you could do something for God and not do something for your parents. But honor's an attitude. So you can't have an attitude towards one person one way and an attitude towards somebody else a different way because an attitude is coming out of your heart. It's an attitude of your heart. I'll give you scripture for this. 1 John 4. Verse 20. I'm in three. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, I didn't say this, God did. You're a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? So you cannot selectively love. You can't... This is the God's love. Human love you can. But the love of God that we're commanded to give to one another, you can't choose to love one and hate somebody else. 
You're looking at me like I got my head on backwards. We've got to renew our mind to what the Word of God is. Because if we think we're doing it, if we think, this is, a, this is an indication of being deceived, saying, I love God, oh, because I'm talking about my intentions. I love God, oh, I love God so much. But that old rat so-and-so, you know what they did to me? I'm talking about a Christian. You know what they did to me? I'll never forgive them. But I love God. He's saying you can't do that. God said you can't do that. That's not my idea. God said you cannot do that. So if you think you're doing it, you're deceived. Because honor is an attitude of the heart, and an attitude is just the attitude of your heart. Now the good news is you can change the attitude of your heart, but whatever attitude you have, you're going to have it towards everybody. So if you do not have an honoring attitude towards the people we should honor, you don't have an honoring attitude towards God even though you may think you do. Praise God, Pastor John. This is good preaching. Keep it up. I want to live long on the earth. So I don't want to come to the Word of God and say, this is what I want it to mean. Fit it into what I want. I heard a preacher say, the problem with so many Christians is the Word of God gets in the way of what they believe. So we dismiss it or we try to mold it to what I want it to be. That means your Word is your God. Just what Israel did. They made a golden calf while Moses was on the mountain. And you know what they called that golden calf? Baal. No, they didn't. They called it Jehovah. They said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. They made their own God and said, that's the God, that's the real God that brought us out of Egypt. And we do the same thing. We want God to be whom we want Him to be. This wasn't in my notes. We want God to be whom we want Him to be, and we take this Word which reveals what He wants us to know about Him, and we conform this in to what it, the image we want to have of God, or we exclude it. So we call this the biblical buffet. At a buffet, you know what you can't You pick what you want to eat. And we take the Word of God that way. So we have our favorite scriptures, but the ones that aren't our favorite are probably the ones we need to be looking at. Because there's a reason why they're not our favorite. This is Mother's Day. My mother, bless her heart, we'll share a little bit about her in a minute. She, I've shared this with you before. I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat. Nowadays, kids, well, they don't like this, so I'm not going to serve it to them. I'm not going there. In our household... You had two options. You ate it or you starved. That's it. She had five boys, so you couldn't pick and choose. The only person I ever knew that my mother picked some, made something special for was my wife when she visited the first time. We weren't married. I brought her to introduce her to my family. Oh, she was the, she was the oldest of two girls in a household where everything was perfect. I was the oldest of five boys in somewhat organized chaos. Now, we weren't saved, so she comes for dinner. My mother was an amazing cook. She cooked this big meal um, and just, you know, put it on the table. There's five boys, okay? You know what happened. I mean, we didn't work Christian. We didn't say grace. She put it down and whoosh, it's gone. And my wife's looking at this, and we're not mad. I mean, we've just, we're not even engaged yet. I just want her to meet, and she's, what did I just, What happened? She could almost feel the suction of the vacuum as it disappeared off the plates. And my mother was so sensitive to her because she didn't have a daughter. And so she got up and she fixed something special just for her. That's the only time I ever saw my mother fix something special just for her, somebody. And she was special enough to have it fixed for her. My mother, I remember sitting there in front of two lima beans and we grew up outside of Philadelphia where they had Jersey beans, right? And the Jersey vegetables are... Lima beans aren't there in Jersey. They're like this. <laughs> and I got two of them. And I know they're going to gag me. I know I'm going to die. And Brussels sprouts? They were of the devil. 
But she made me eat them. No, she, she didn't shove them down my throat. I couldn't get up from the table. So it was me or those lima beans. And she made me do that. But I'm so thankful today because I love lima beans. I love Brussels sprouts. I, I can eat anything because she trained me to not be controlled by my appetites. Thank you, Mom. How did I get off on that? Did you do that, Tim? Did you get me off? It's an attitude of our heart. So how do we honor? Well, it's expressed. Honor is expressed. But we just saw Jesus quote Isaiah where he says, you can do the right thing, but if it's not coming of your, out of your heart, it doesn't mean anything. It's not honoring. But if you've got honor in your heart, you'll do the right things. Like get Mother's Day cards that come from your husband, not from your son. <laughs> you'll do the right things. So how do, we, how do we express it? With words. And not just words to our mother, words about our mother. Because see, if that's what's in our heart, that's what's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now I'm talking also to young people. I know they're not in here. Because you're raised in a generation, in fact, even the generation that's raising them, were not raised in a generation of honor. We do not live in a society that honors anyone. In fact, it goes the other way. It dishonors any kind of authority. So honor is expressed. It's in how we talk about people. It's in how we, what we do towards them. How we treat them. Likewise, dishonor is also expressed by our words and by our deeds. I remember one time in the, law, the last law office I worked in, I was, there was a secretary that was part of a little Bible study that I had, and she was the longtime secretary for the senior partner, one of the senior partners. And I'm standing outside his office waiting to go and talk to him, and, she, and she's looking at her check and complaining about it and joking about it. And, I, and anger rose. And I, she was, I married her and her husband. She, she was a sweet lady, and I just, but it rose up in me because she's dishonoring her boss. And, and believe me, he wasn't worthy of honor. And I said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Whose name's, whose signature's on that check? Oh, he is. So you work for him. And she just kind of caught herself because it's easy to just let our mouth run. And you get around other people, let our mouth run. So how do you talk about your mother? Especially when you're not with her. Do we emphasize the things that they've done wrong? Because there's no perfect mother. I don't want to offend you, but even Jesus' mother wasn't perfect. She lost him. For three days. She didn't realize where... She didn't realize... God the Father entrusted the Messiah to them and she lost them. I was listening to Michael Jr. last night. He was talking about... I wonder how that prayer went. Um, God... (laughs) You know your son? (laughs) I don't know where he is. Now that's one thing if you've got a mother that's just been marvelous. I'll never forget sitting in the funeral for Sister Maria's mother and went on testimony after testimony after testimony. People talking about this godly woman who'd gone home to be with the Lord. And I'm thinking, we're sitting here for an hour, an hour and a half hearing all these testimonies and nobody's lying. Her life was such a life that people could testify for over an hour and a half about what she was like and what she did. So it's wonderful if that's the kind of mother you've had. But we've not all had that kind of mother. 
What do you do? Now I'm getting to a point of this message where it gets very personal to me because this is something God's been dealing with me about. My mother's in a nursing home. She's been in a nursing home for eight years. She has dementia, progressive dementia. And my wife's wonderful. She's over there almost every week. But I have trouble because it's hard to communicate with her, to even know if she understands me. I mean, I was there the other day and I said, you know, Mom, I love you. She said, I love you. And I'm thinking, that doesn't sound like my mother. Because she was kind of, she was raised in a family where, where love wasn't expressed. It was kind of a hardness there. And, and it, was, so it was difficult to, get, to be intimate with her. And yet she would do things by which I would know she loved me. I went through that with my father. I won't share a lot of details, because, but a very difficult relationship with him, very controlling, demanding person. And when he died, uh, I, I just... I just I, in fact, I, I literally, would for almost eight years, wouldn't talk to him. It was back when I was in college. And then, then we restored things, and then... After he died, you know, I kept saying, well, he didn't love me, all the things he did to control me and yell at me and all that stuff. And his, his, my stepmother sent me a box at the end of, after she cleaned everything out, and it was, it was a box of pictures. My father was a picture nut. And I opened them, there are thousands of pictures in this box. And I'm looking through them like this, and my wife turns to me and says, wow, he must have loved you. And I almost took her head off, not literally. What do you mean he loved me? She said, all these pictures are of you. And it hit me. So it's hard sometimes to honor a parent that may not have been there for you, that may not be worthy of honor in the sense you normally think about it. So why would God command us to honor parents or people that are not worthy of honor? And here's why. Because with God, and this is where we have to learn to think differently, with God, the way we relate to one another is not based on whether we're worthy of that relationship. Very important to understand. God's kingdom, His kingdom, the way and how we relate to one another is, is extremely important to God. In fact, it's right up there with how we relate to Him because Jesus said to a man once, He said, all the commandments are reduced to two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang all the law, rules, hang all the laws and commandments. And prophets and commandments. So, in God's kingdom... The way we relate to one another is not based on what the other person's like. For for instance, God does not tell us to forgive each other because we're worthy of being forgiven. In fact, God doesn't say, look, if if, if Ron's done something that's, that's against me, and I go to him and say, Ron, I forgive you, and he looks at me and says, I didn't ask for your forgiveness, I don't even want your forgiveness. So I said, okay, I don't have to forgive him then. No, I still have to forgive him even if he doesn't want, even if he's not only not, even if he did it to me and he doesn't want to restore the relationship. Paul says, as much as possible with you, be at peace with all men. From my side, it's important to forgive him. So my forgiveness of Ron has nothing to do with whether he's worthy to be forgiven. So how we relate to one another has nothing to do with the other person. Well, what is it to do with? It has everything to do with God. How God's related to us. The Lord's Prayer. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive one another. In fact, in Mark 11.25, after the wonderful prayer of faith in there, 23 and 24, the next verse, 25, says, And if you stand praying, forgive so that my Father in Heaven can forgive you. The reason we can forgive one another, the reason we're commanded to forgive one another, is because God's forgiven us. So we're to treat one another the way God's treated us. So the question is, is God worthy of honor? Some of you are praying about it. Is God worthy of honor? And God gave your parents to you. You can be sitting there, yeah, but he could have done a better job. (laughs) But your life came from them. And I believe that's the root of it. 
Why do we give thanks for our food? We're acknowledging that this food came from Him. And Paul, the Bible says, and it's by the giving of thanks that that food sanctified, even though it came from some pagan altar that was sacrificed. Hopefully yours doesn't. So it's recognizing that it's come from God that sanctifies it. Your life, your physical life, came from your parents. You owe your life to them. For that reason alone, God's commanding us to honor them. Though it's been a struggle with me, with my mother. And I I even hesitated to do this message because it's still a struggle for me. Not so much that I'm angry at her, it's how do I, how do I honor somebody <clears throat> that I can't really relate to anymore? Because it's an attitude of the heart. What, what about a parent or mother that's not here anymore, that's gone, it's passed away? Or a mother you're estranged from and don't even know where they are? How can I honor them? Because it's an attitude of our heart towards them. So how do I do that? It can begin by just thanking God for them. As I was getting ready to come over here, I started to do that. Lord, I want to be thankful for some things my mother built into me. She built some character things into me, aside from eating lima beans. (laughs) She built manners into me to open the door for women to stand until they're seated. And one of those qualities that she trained me in Got me my wife. When we first met, it was a blind date. I don't have time to go into all the details. We spent the weekend with other friends at the parents' house of the woman that introduced us. We're all sleeping in separate places. <laughs> and I come downstairs in the morning, and their mother's fixed food, and I said, no, I'm going to wait. And I've just met her the day before. I said, no, I'll wait. And I waited for her to come down. Others came down. And when she came down, I ate with her. I didn't know that then, but that's what opened her heart towards me. She was a very popular young lady in college, in high school. She was very popular. I was extremely shy. She's only the second date I ever had, and I was a junior in college. What changed her, what what opened her heart to me was a character that had been built in me by my mother over all these years. So I told my mother later on, if you don't like my wife, it's your fault. (laughs) Here's, here's, so these things that our parents instill in us and that we as parents instill in our children We're going to talk about parenting on Wednesday night. Understand this. As a parent, you are not responsible for being your child's friend. In fact, if you're their best friend, you're probably blowing it as a parent. Nowhere in these scriptures did it say your children are like you. So they're to honor you. They're to obey you. If they like you too much, and I'm not saying that's always true, but maybe you're pleasing them too much. My mother didn't please me. <laughs> but she built into me characteristics, character of telling the truth. Another thing she built into me is that if I messed up and did something wrong, I could always go and tell her. Because she'd say, it's going to be far better for you, and I won't tell you what my nickname was. <laughs> Uh-oh. Be far better for you, and my wife won't tell you either nor my children. Far better for you if you tell me than if I find out because she said it's an issue of trust and honesty. I remember hitting a baseball through a window having to decide what to do and that thought ran in my head. If I go tell her I did it then it's going to be a lot less painful than if she comes and finds out that it happened. And here's where that's been so valuable. I have a confidence I can go to God when I blow it. Because she built in me, even though she wasn't a Christian at the time, she built in me 
this, un, this, aware, this, this confidence that because she loved me, even though she had trouble being really close and intimate, somehow I could approach her when I had met it, messed up and blown it, and she would still love me. We're going to close now. And you say, well, what do I do? What if I, I, I don't, I've not been honoring my, parent, my mother? What if I've got a mother that she's died and, and I, can't, you know, I, can't, I can't do anything about it now? I can't go to her and, and do anything about it now. Here's what you can do. It's an attitude of your heart. Whether your mother's alive or not, whether your mother, you can talk to your mother or you can't talk to your mother, like I can't really. It's the attitude of our heart. And this is what God's been dealing with me about. He's challenging me and says, you're not been honoring her because you're just seeing her now as she is and almost giving up. But you can still honor her with your heart. So let's close our eyes for a moment. And maybe there's... Something's touched you in this message from the Word of God. Father, this room right now has people, and everybody in here has a mother. Some of them are alive and well and have been wonderful mothers. Some of them are, are alive and well, and, and they've not been good mothers. They've, they've hurt their children. Some of them are, have mothers today that... that that they're estranged from. Some of them have mothers today that they don't know where they are. We've got all, all the whole gamut in this room this morning. And we see today from your word, Father, that we're commanded to honor our mother. Lord, so much so that you've said that long life is attached to that. Because the attitudes of our heart open our heart to spirits, disrespectful hearts, dishonoring heart, strife, your word says, opens our hearts to doctrines of demons. Not honoring or respecting the body of Christ, your word says, many are sick and a number have slept or died. So our heart's attitude affects our health. So we're here this morning, Father, to reopen our hearts to you, that by your Spirit you may touch our hearts, wounded hearts, hearts that have, not dishon- have dishonored our parents or not on- failed to honor them. And Lord, what we do now is just repent. Tell you we're sorry and we're wrong. We ask you to forgive us. And Lord, we just ask you where there's hurts and to open those relationships again and do a work in our heart that we would respect and honor our parents regardless of what they're like, simply because you said so. We thank you for the grace to do this in Jesus' name.